So my hangovers lately have been unfucking real I always tend to drink a little more this time of year. The holidays and reuniting with friends and family is always something to celebrate. And boy, have I been celebrating. Lots of martinis, lots of champagne. And I absolutely hate feeling like I'm wasting a day feeling ill and like a piece of literal filth. I feel like when I'm hungover, I try literally everything. Hydrating, supplements, sweating it out, sleeping it off, which as of lately has not done the trick whatsoever. Which is why I am so glad that I found out about Next Day. Next Day is not just another one of those gimmicky hangover relief companies. I've tried them on two separate occasions recently where I felt absolutely terrible and have had immediate relief. It's like an IV in a cup. Next Day is a natural, great-tasting hangover relief bevy that alleviates the symptoms of hangovers and provides a pick-me-up whenever you need. With the superhero of hangover recovery, DHM, Along with B6, a blend of B vitamins, vitamin C, D, E, zinc, and magnesium, a small dose of natural caffeine, which is about a Diet Coke's worth, and only 35 calories, it treats nausea, dehydration, headaches, lowered immunity, and so much more. I love sipping mine with some ice and a nice glass. Fresh in the morning, it just feels lovely and so much needed. Plus, they're a D.C.-originated company with deliveries in under 30 minutes. That's crazy. In D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, Philly, Baltimore, Nova, and Alexandria. And you can get 15% off your order or delivery from next day by using code VERONICA on their site. That's code V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A, VERONICA, for 15% off your order so you can wave goodbye to your hangovers and give you instant relief on your next night out. You'll thank me later. Hello and welcome to Martinis and Bikinis, the podcast for everything under the sun, designed to give you the inside scoop and industry secrets into entrepreneurship, lifestyle, fashion, health and beauty, and navigating your 20s. Meet your hostess, Veronica Drulia, swim designer, serial entrepreneur, lifestyle content creator, and now podcast host as she dives into spicy topics like dating, inner confidence, and becoming the best version of you. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to Martinis and Bikinis, live from my literal bedroom in Washington, D.C. Today, we have on the one, the only, Lily Scott. Lily, among other things, is a DC-based content creator. She rose to popularity on TikTok this past year on hashtag pregnancy talk, where she (laughs) documented her entire journey, the pretty, the raw, and the not-so-glamorous aspects of pregnancy and becoming a mom. Lily tackles tough conversations like transitioning into motherhood, body image, and so much more. Lily is an attorney-turned-fitness instructor. And guys, her Instagram bio is the cutest thing ever. Real life Elle Woods turned Brooke Wyndham, and I think that's just the cutest thing in the entire world and very, very accurate. She has her own fitness app and is a new mom to her daughter, Waverly. So we have tons to talk about today. So everyone, please welcome Lily Scott to Martinis and Bikinis. Hi, so great to be here, and thanks for your time, listeners. So how are you doing? How's baby? Let's hear about it all. Well, I'm great, and um, I say that probably because I just finished breastfeeding uh, two weeks ago, so I feel like my body's finally mine again. 
My baby's awesome. She's six months old and I'm excited to be here. I feel like this was my first outing and like professional thing where I had to dress up and be my old self. So it's great to be with you to do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so happy to have you on. And I met Lily about a year ago, maybe less than a year ago. Yeah. I don't even remember when that was, but it was at like this like women's event, like women entrepreneurs. And we kind of bonded over this skincare brand and Lily does some work with them and she literally has stunning skin. But yeah, I just want to like go into like everything today. I know we've had like some really genuine conversations like one-on-one. So I thought you would be perfect for the podcast. And, you know, we could just dive into some like really like tough topics because I feel like that's just kind of the person that you are and like you're very like raw and real. So I'm excited for everybody to get to know you a little better, where you're from, like your family. Like let's start with that and then we can just like dive on into everything else. The roots. Yeah, the roots, the foundations. Yeah, we had conversations. So I'll bring the roots in and I'll also bring like body image in because I think it's such a fundamental part of who I am and the bikini aspect of this podcast. So I grew up in a town called Lemonster, Massachusetts, which is where Johnny Appleseed was born. Quick plug. Whoa. Yeah. I've got Kardashian energy. I'm one of four girls. I'm the (laughs) oldest. I grew up with parents who are amazing. I love them so much. And they also, like so many of our parents, were very worried, concerned, thoughtful about their appearance and specifically their weight. So I grew up in a really interesting way where I was very conscious of my size at a time now looking at like my niece and nephew who are nine and 11. I can't believe that I was so aware. I was aware of my thighs rubbing together. I was terrified of wearing a bikini or a bathing suit at the age of seven, which I just can't wrap my mind around it now. I went on my first diet when I was 10, which is third grade. I was counting how many carbohydrates I ate. 16 grams was my max. I knew I had it memorized how many carbs were in bacon, beef jerky, like carbs that were like bread or cupcakes were out of the question. I wouldn't have a cupcake. Could you imagine a 10-year-old skipping cupcakes at a birthday celebration? Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. I would skip pool parties because I didn't want to be in a bathing suit. So that is sort of the ground the foundation. And I think, you know, as I grew up, I was always so worried about it that when I was reaching successful moments and milestones in my life, like graduating from high school, going to college, going to law school, accuing all these accolades, it was like, it was never enough because I was never enough. And I was never enough because I was never small enough. And it's a really interesting thing. And I think a lot of women experience this where In our outside world, we're taught we are supposed to be bigger. You're supposed to be more successful. You're supposed to do everything. As a mom, I feel that so deeply. But internally, we also want to be smaller. We're always trying to be smaller. At least I was. I was always trying to be skinnier. I'm a size four. I should be a size two. I'm a size two. I should be a size zero. It's like, how am I supposed to become a bigger person in this world when I'm so focused on also becoming smaller? Yeah. I feel like so many things in life are like so qualitative, you know, if that's how it should be, you know, like loved ones or, you know, am I really finding quality people to surround myself in my life or do I really like what I'm doing? And I think we are living in such a quantitative world where even with like social media, it's like, oh, I have 
15,000 followers. I need to have 30,000 followers. Like you get to this one like point, this great moment. And then you're like, oh, I need to keep going. And then on the scale, you know, there's still so many, I don't have a scale personally, but there's so many women that like judge their whole character on what the number is on the scale. So I think if you're living your life by numbers, then like you can't really find that like true core happiness. But I guess my question for you, I don't know if you agree with any of that, but I do. And I also, (laughs) I love saying I, whenever I share this on my Instagram, people always connect with it. We are not numbers. You are not the number on the scale. You are not the number in your bank account. You are not your number of followers. You are not your number of friends. You are not your SAT score. You are not your GPA. Like you are not those things. Those are just parts of you. And those are just like random numbers that take a snapshot of a random time in your life where you knew this much that day with that much sleep you had for your SAT, right? Like you weigh this much today. It used to send me on a tailspin. I would wake up, feel beautiful, feel skinny, feel fit, whatever the day. And then I'd step on the scale because I used to step on it every single day. And I'd be like, oh, actually I'm not. Okay. I lost five pounds now. I need to lose five more. Just like you said, it's like there's never enough, but you're always enough at the same time. Yeah. And I also think people are so misguided by the scale. Like I thought for the longest time growing up, I kind of had a similar childhood. You know, I genetically was always like very like limber. Like I was just kind of like a noodle (laughs) and I was still like stepping on the scale, like as like a little girl. And there was nothing that I needed to do to my body. Like I was active, like running around with my friends, like eating whatever I wanted, you know, like as, you know, any child should, you know, if you want a happy meal from McDonald's, like go for it. But yeah, I do remember being like very consumed with my weight or like my appearance and what I looked like. And I think it's sometimes from like outside sources, you know, whether that's like kids, like commenting on your weight or how you look and that kind of like translates into something, you know, more personal to you and kind of makes some insecurities that are more deep rooted, I guess. But yeah, like you never know what words that you say to a child or an adult. You never know if that's going to become something that sticks with them forever and changes the way they see themselves. And it can be in a good way or a bad way. Like I am very always going to be open about positivity. Like I was just cheering this queen on. Y'all, she just figured out this podcast. Like I was, we were friends before it existed when it was an idea. And to just see this all in her bedroom, literally (laughs) in her bedroom, the tech, the equipment, everything. Like I'm always going to say to a friend who I see shining, like queen, you shine. I'm always going to say that because what if that becomes part of your identity forever? Like it took no time and it was so true. You can say queen, you shine, or you can bring a queen down or a king down or a both down. Like you can take their crown off or you can make sure it fits snug. Like make sure it fits snug. What's it going to do? And if someone tries to knock your crown off, like it's hard, but like we have to learn not to let them. You got to crown yourself. And like listen to the people who cheer you on, queen, you shine. Like, no. If someone tries to dim your light, that's on them, baby. Like, it's not true. Just, it's not. I love that. I I think that's just a great mantra. Queen, you shine. Queen, you shine. (laughs) That's going to be the name of our podcast. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Totally going to be the name. You shine, queen. Yes, because you do. And I think people have a really hard time crowning themselves. 
and allowing themselves opportunities too. Or they'll say like, I'll put that crown on later when I'm this weight, when I, when this happens, when I have this title at my job, when I make this much money, then I'll be a queen. And it's like, no. It's so much easier to procrastinate than like allow yourself to have the destiny that you want. Wow. Yep. And to think to yourself, I'll be enough later. I will shine later. I will step into my greatness later. Like you are already great. Every single thing that you want to be is already inside of you. It is. It exists. And every day that you say I'll shine later is a day that you literally are just dimming yourself for no reason. Yeah. And I think that kind of like leads me into a question for you. So as like a female attorney turned fitness instructor, like that's a huge jump. And I guess, you know, for the listeners, I feel like it might be helpful to learn like how you decided to make that jump and crown yourself as Brooke Wyndham. <laughs> right. To take off the L Woods yes. blazer. Yes. The L Woods blazer. It was like, yeah. And that kind of goes back to the background. I went straight into law school after college. I didn't really fully know what I wanted to do. All I cared about was helping people. Like I, it wasn't about money for me. It was definitely about like status for me growing, like leaving college. I knew I wanted something that gave me status, made me feel important, but I really wanted to help people. That was it. Like I wanted to change the rules so that people's lives could be better. Like in my opinion, there are a lot of rules that suck and I wanted to make them better. That was the mission. So I went to law school and I struggled a lot. I was at a really good school. I felt so challenged academically that I sort of lost who I was. I lost my footing. I lost like the shine of like, I am smart. Like I forgot her in my first year and I got it back. So I have like a very shaky ego when it comes to my relationship with law. And I was a lawyer lobbyist. So like, I don't know, I just felt a little bit different. I felt like I was still a sorority girl, very L Woods. Like I went straight through. I went from literally sorority parties, like frat parties to facts and memos. So when I started working, I was sort of at this place where I didn't know who I was. I didn't know if I was good at it. And I, f- I approached my professional career with a lot of anxiety, like always worried I'd fail. I think that as a blonde woman, like similar to like an Elle Woods experience. I I always felt like people were expecting me to be dumb. I talk like this. I'm freely giving compliments. I'm freely positive. I like, I mean, I was a half step away from a snap jar in my office, people. Like that is not the fierce, scary, like dark lawyer person who you expect in Washington, D.C. Like that's not her. Like I wasn't fitting that mold at all. And I think that's what I hate the most is <laughs> that some people associate niceness with intelligence. Like if you're too nice, then you must not be very intelligent. Or like if you're not nice at all, like maybe that means that you're more powerful and intelligent. Like, which I think niceness and kindness and gentleness, I think that displays more intelligence than anything else. So true. Like the ability to to think about everything you have to do on your plate for work and also have the empathy, like have the space to be also really kind to the people with whom you work and the people who you're like your clients. Like it should be, it should be a bonus, but because it's not the fierce male image, it was just, it didn't translate. And it made, and maybe that was me being really in my head, but 
while I was in law school, while I'm trying to figure out how like rainbow sparkles mixes with like (laughs) black blazers, (laughs) I decided to train to become a fitness instructor. My entire life, I loved moving. My parents used to pay me back when I was little to exercise because they didn't want me to be chubby. And that was just such the wrong way. But like, I would never do that for my daughter. But in the midst of that being so effed up, I fell in love with movement, not because it changed me, not because it fixed me, but because it made me feel so good. Like every kid has that place, whether it's like dance or ice skating or playing the piano. Like we all have that place as kids, hopefully, where you go and you forget everything and you just feel like every minute you are there for like that exact moment. And my exact moment was movement. It was playing outside. It was playing basketball. It was playing lacrosse. It was just moving. It was the saltiness on my face. It was sunblock like burning as my cheeks are already burnt on my cheeks, like because I played outside all day. So here I am in law school, forgetting myself, forgetting why I'm sparkly, like losing my crown in a pile of insecurity. And I just went back to my old friend movement. And I was like, baby, help me here. And I trained to be a fitness instructor. It was the first thing I've ever done in my life that my heart chose instead of my mind. I just knew in my heart I was supposed to do this. And so I signed up and my parents were so mad at me. I signed up at Core Power. They're like, this is a scheme. You got gut. You are supposed to be a lawyer. Like you are so, you are, you've been so got. I can't believe you just traded money for this. And I was like, okay, whatever. That was the first time I literally didn't care what my parents thought. I was just like, I mean, I love you and you're wrong. So, okay. Like, I don't even care if I need to prove anything to you. Like, I know I'm supposed to do this. Trained, loved it, became an instructor, loved it. So while I started working as a lawyer lobbyist, after work, while everyone else was doing cocktails and like networking, which is like cocktails and ego boosts, I was like, I can't. Like, I'll I'll have one drink with you. I'll I'll exchange my business card to who, like whoever can. I can, and then I'm gonna go teach a workout class because that's that was like my sparkliest hour of my life, just being there. And what I realized was that I can change the rules. I can change the rules for every single woman who comes to my or person who comes to my fitness class. I can change the rules on how she sees herself. I can change her rules on how powerful she thinks she is because she's even more powerful. So what am I doing wasting my time trying to convince old white men on Capitol Hill to change rules that never get changed anyway, fighting for things I don't believe in? Like I was lobbying for e-cigarettes at one point, okay? And like I worked for 7-Eleven. I worked for CVS Pharmacy, Walgreens. Like I worked for these massive corporate Comcast, like what am I doing? Like, I'm not trying to change the rules for them. I wanted to change the rules for real people. So I found that. And so then what's the leap? The leap is I know what I love. And I think for anyone out there who is struggling in their professional life, who hates being at the desk, who feels like a caged animal ready to just freak out, that was me in my office. Notice what you're looking at on your phone when it's just you. What are you attracted to? Are you watching a million makeup tutorials? Are you, like I was, looking up different ways to do a squat? (laughs) Are you, like, what are you naturally doing on your phone when nobody's looking? Because that is what you're interested in. That is you at your rawest when, like, nothing else matters and you just are attracted to things. 
if you can figure out what that thing is and just try to make it your job, I was able to do that. You will feel an alignment that is so profound, so scary amazing that you, you'll look at your old life once you're able to move forward and think, can't believe I was tricked in, it's like a sim. Like, I can't believe I was tricked and programmed to just go march around in this life that wasn't mine. Yeah. So I, I realized that like that life wasn't mine and it was always my dream sitting at my desk in my like cute little like outfits that I, I just wanted to be a fitness instructor somehow. It wasn't even about being an influencer. It was just like, I just want to change people's minds about themselves because a more powerful woman who knows her shine is going to change the entire world. So during the pandemic, it happened. Like my window came. I started teaching free fitness classes on Zoom like so many other people, but I was getting 400 people. Like I was getting more people at my class than Aloe Yoga was getting. Wow. And it was free. So I will say it was free, but like that was so many people. I went from having like 2,000 followers on Instagram to 6,000 in a couple of months. And like it wasn't just like the followers, the number. It was that these were real people and I was connecting with real people and I was changing their minds in a time where they were so depleted, so scared, so high anxiety. I was changing the rules for them on how they saw themselves. And I realized like this could be forever. So I quit my job. Well, first I started the business. Shine queen. Shine queen. Queen, you shine. (laughs) You should have seen what the chairman of the firm, he was like, uh, what? I basically started my business two months before I quit my job. I decided to make it paid. The platform was just live classes and recorded classes. Within the first month of us opening, I made more than I did at my law firm in a month. And I was working my bunsies off at my law firm and stressed and anxiety and insecure about myself. And I was like, I talked to my husband. I was like, dude, (laughs) I can do both. I'm fear. Like, I can do both. I will burn both ends of this, like, candle until there's nothing left. But, like... Will I be great at anything if I do both? No. I will be almost great at both. And we decided, like, why don't I just go for what I what is, like, me? So I quit, and that was really scary. And I'm glad I had something else planned out. And I just went for it. I've been going for it now for two and a half years, and I'm, I don't regret it. People always ask me, are you going to go back to law? Like, do you wish you had stayed? I don't wish I had stayed. It was a nightmare. It wasn't my real life. Like, this is me. And I love how you kind of left this, like, scary environment and turned it into something positive. And I know through some conversations we've had, because you had that light, because you were positive, and because you were nice, people maybe looked at that differently in that environment. But you took yourself, you never changed yourself, and you took that part of you and brought it into something that could positively impact people in your own way, which I really love. And I think that's something that I really adore about you because you never changed who you were throughout the process. You just like found what your purpose was and how you were actually going to impact like your people, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. I think you're adorable in a million ways. (laughs) And I also think she's a fierce queen, but I think you're right. I think a lot of the time, and maybe it's especially for women, we try to like fit ourselves in a in like a mold and a situation because we think this is successful this is where i'll make the most money this is what you're supposed to be to be a professional amazing person but that's just like not how life works 
And we're taught to change ourselves. I mean, it all goes back to the same stuff. Like we're taught to change ourselves, to diet, to fit into like this size, whatever gene. Like we are always being taught, at least we were in our generations, to fix ourselves, to fit that. But like, why? Like this world is so vast. And like you and I are such great examples of you can create a career on what you're good at and passionate about. You can, like you can pay for yourself doing what you're really great at, but we're, we're just taught to change ourselves. And what if you just said, no, this is me. It's awesome. Like, I love this package. I love it. Where does this package shine? Not a lot of people could do what I do. I was at one point teaching 13 classes a week, a week, full workout. I was so sore all the time. I was creating new sequences all the time. That's like waking up at like the ass crack of dawn. Literally, literally, because I was teaching a class in the morning before work and I would teach a class after work. Not a lot of people could do that, right? Like to a lot of people, that would be hell on earth. Right. For me, that was heaven on earth. But like we all have that. And I think a big thing is you are not a failure for turning your back on something that's not you. That's not failing. That's not that's not quitting. That's not giving up. Like I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I didn't fail. Like this is success. Anytime that you go closer to who you're supposed to be is success. Yeah. You just redirected yourself. Totally. And everyone can do that. I think something that is so important with body image is you've talked about this on social media before. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it's about how we talk to ourselves. Yeah. If you're talking negatively about yourself or you're, like, critiquing yourself, you're finding these, like, little bits and pieces of you that don't necessarily matter, but you're being really harsh towards yourself, like, would you talk to your best friend like that? Right. And I would love for you to just kind of go a little bit give deeper the into spiel. this. Yeah, give them the spiel. I know you Why have, like— I, like, conceptualize the spiel together at coffee. Which I know. I'm, like, ready for everybody to hear about it because it's genius. I'm, I like— I haven't even shared this part, like— On social because I was waiting for this. This will be the grand release. Grand premiere. (laughs) Queen, you shine. Grand premiere. (laughs) Okay. This is the idea that we were playing with. What if you gave your body a name? What if it's not just your body? Your body is such an ambiguous thing. Like that table. Like, oh, that table is old. That table is brown. That table is blue. Whatever. We kind of talk like that about our bodies. What if you gave your body a name? What if your body's name is like your first pet, like something that you love to death? Like, what if I named my body Lexi? Okay. It's really easy to say to yourself, my body looks gross. But would you say Lexi looks gross? No, you'd be a bitch. Can we say it? Can we swear? <laughs> yeah, you can swear on here. You'd be a total bitch. <laughs> like, right? Like, could you imagine walking into a room, looking at a person and being like, she's too fat. She better not eat a donut. She better lay off the food today. She better work out. Like you would never say that to Lexi. What's your first pet's name? Oh, Fiesta. (laughs) (laughs) It was my cat, Fiesta. She was really cute. She was a Siamese cat. R.I.P. Fiesta. I would use the second one. Okay. Who's the second? It was Moo Moo. Ah! I just don't think any of them are going to work for me. Pet names, but I really like how we discussed this because you're not going to look at one of your best friends and be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, you do look kind of like disgusting today. Like you would never do that. Ever. They 
don't. Like, you love your friends. They're beautiful. Like, they're great humans. Like, And they wouldn't be your friend anymore. P.S. Yeah. If you said that to them, no. it would probably take about three hangouts for them to be like, well, you're toxic. Yeah, they wouldn't. Like, I don't want to trade my time with you. Exactly. So why are you talking to yourself in that way? Like, our bodies yeah. are kind of just, again, our package that we were given in this life. They are literally, they're, they are the carriers of your soul. Yeah. That's it. That's what they do. They carry your soul around. That's what they are. Your soul is who you are. Your body's just the exterior. It's just the carrier of it. It's it's the package. It's the case. And like, you wouldn't say that to Lexi or Fiesta. But you'd <laughs> say that to yourself, wouldn't you? And like, what if those voices in your head that are telling you you are not enough, those voices in your head, like I'm a new mom, like I'm hearing so many voices about why were you on your phone at this point? Like, you should have been with your daughter. Like, all of these bullying voices. What if they had a name? Like, I just shared about this on my Instagram stories. But, like, what if that person in your head who is mean to you is Cheryl or Jason? Like, what if Jason was just in your ear being like, every time you did something, you didn't clean up your dishes? Like, you are a messy, disgusting, terrible mother. Like, what are you doing? You didn't do your homework on time? You are a failure. You didn't email your boss back? Like, it's crippling anxiety. If Jason was in your ear, you would get a literal restraining order on him. Oh, for sure. But you allow it in your home. Like, your mind, your thoughts, they are—that is your home. Like, in reality, your mind and your thoughts create your universe. And I've said that on this podcast before, but I don't think we should judge our self-worth based on our home. Like, the package that we were given. Like, that's not what's important. And it's the type of person that you are— that really shines through to people, not how you look or how you come off physically. Yeah, I think that's true. And I I say that a lot on my social media. And I think sometimes, especially like at the beginning when I like had a two pack, like I was very, very strong, people would roll their eyes because they're like, well, you're annoying. Like you don't get it. Like you fit into the mold. Like you are like what a lot of people strive for. But in the past year and a half, I've gained 65 pounds given it was because I had a baby. But like I gained 65 pounds during pregnancy. I know what it's like to take up a lot more space. Like I gained way more weight than a typical pregnant person would. I had complications. It was a whole thing. But like I know what it's like to wake up and look in the mirror and see someone who you don't recognize. And like, even after I had the baby, I think that's sometimes the hardest part, like looking in the mirror and being like, that's not me. I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely love having my home smelling amazing all year round. But I'm super picky about the candles that I purchase because most scented candles contain potential cancer-causing chemicals like benzene and other harmful ingredients, which is why my favorite non-toxic and hand-poured candles are from Anchored Northwest. Their triple-scented woodwick candles are made with an untreated cedar woodwick from U.S. Sustainable Forests, by the way. Love that. 100% soy wax, and they contain no dyes or stearic acid. My favorite thing to do is light a candle while I'm doing my nightly routine, which typically consists of a warm essential oil or Epsom salt bath, skincare, tidying up my room, drinking sleepy time tea, and flipping open a good book. I love having my bedroom smell like a warm hug right before bed. 
My favorite scents from Anchor Northwest are their bookworm candle, which is a blend of teakwood, cedar, leather, sandalwood, and patchouli. I also love their date night candle, which has notes of ozone, jasmine, leather, patchouli, and sandalwood. They also have seasonal scents that are absolutely delicious. I loved their Fraser fur and pumpkin bliss scents this fall and winter. It was a staple in my home. Last but not least, Anchor Northwest is offering two to three fulfillment shipping. So if you are in need of last minute holiday presents, here's your answer. They are also offering free shipping for orders over $75. And in order to redeem this offer, make sure you head to our show notes and click on the unique link to shop. Happy shopping. I know that my value isn't this, but to look in the mirror and be like, what the frick? Like, I don't want anyone to see me because this isn't, this isn't true. Like, this isn't what I think of when I think of myself. Like, I know that feeling. I remember going to my first workout class after having Waverly and I was afraid to look in the mirror. I'm sorry. On principle, I will be working out in leggings and a sports bra no matter what. No matter what, because I want to be comfortable with what that body looks like in the mirror. I want to see my form at its best. I don't want anything covering up. So like here I am in the mirror, so much heavier than I've ever been in my life, still so bloated. It's And I'm like, this isn't me. I don't want to look at me. I don't want anyone to look at me. But I forced myself to look at myself in the mirror for the entire class, one hour of like <laughs> accepting. And I say that because it's really easy, I think, to roll your eyes when someone who has the body that you dream of having says, we aren't that, like our value isn't that. And I get that and I hear you and I feel you and I sit with you in that space because I've changed so much physically. But I'm still I'm still the same person. Yeah. The moment that you get caught up in that mirror you, I'm kind of tearing up. The moment you get up, caught up in that t- mirror you is the moment that you forget like why you're here. Your purpose has never been to be beautiful because you already are. Like you're beautiful 65 pounds from now. You're beautiful 15 pounds from now. Like you're always going to be beautiful because no one can be you. I made someone myself, y'all. I know how hard it is to create a miracle. You're a miracle. I appreciate you being like so open and honest about that because I think a lot of people struggle with that because we feel like even though we believe this, it's hard to kind of break that perfectionism. I don't think everybody has ever just had a perfect relationship with their body. I think at least every single person in this world has at least once thought, I don't like this about myself or I don't like this part of my body. And whenever I meet people, I never remember what they looked like. I remember how they made me feel. Amen. And if you judge who you are based on your looks and not who you are as a person, as a friend, as a family member, as a colleague, like if you are judging yourself based on how you present yourself physically, then you're doing it wrong. Because you're missing out. Yeah. For sure. What's it like for you to own a bikini company? Like, I saw you walking the runway in a, <laughs> in a bikini. How do you show up every day knowing, okay, like, I am going to have to be almost naked on a runway at some point yeah. to help my business be successful? Like, 
whether or not like you are tied to the feeling of perfection, there's a feeling of, I need to feel confident when I'm in photo shoots for my own brand. Like what's that pressure like for you? Yeah. So funny story about me walking the runway. I actually wasn't supposed to do that. So really? yeah, one of our male models didn't show up last minute and we were supposed to have 12 looks. So I decided last minute, I was wearing one of the suits underneath my skirt blazer set. I do that for like every runway so, show. It's kind of just my thing now. But because I'm trying to make sense like businesswoman, but also designer. Anyway. But also boobs. But yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit of boob. <laughs> you were just like, okay, I'm going to have to walk this runway because the male model didn't show up. I don't think I like had to. I think part of me, like with the runways, it's so stressful. Like behind the scenes, like – I don't think a lot of people realize that it is not organized at all. Any event that I've been to, it is so unorganized. Like, obviously, like, the team is great, and it's not their fault. It's just, like, that's just how fashion is. Yeah. And, like, getting models dressed in different looks and, like, putting clothes on them. Like, yeah, it's just a lot, especially when they're walking, like, multiple shows. So I kind of just wanted to take the stress off of everybody, and I was like, I'm just going to do it. Because I could have gotten another model to just do another quick change and, like, walk on the runway. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Who cares? I had seen other people do it before. And I was under so much stress that at that point, I didn't really care. I was like, like— You didn't have enough time to feel insecure. No. But, the like, the adrenaline on that runway is crazy. I don't know how models do it. I was, like, fired up for, like, three hours after. Like, it's, like, a lot of nerves. Wow. And— I even remember looking back on the video and being like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or like, you know, maybe that pose like wasn't super flattering. Or like, you know, I was critiquing myself when I really created this line with my business partners to be an expression of nature and art. And it's based in New Orleans, which is some of the biggest characters in the world. <laughs> and we created this line so that people could express themselves and people could feel invited and invigorated and expressive by the swimsuits that they're wearing. Our whole mission is completely different from other brands that I've seen before. Our biggest priority right now is just to be more inclusive. And I think a lot of people don't realize this, but with small business, you know, having more inventory and having more sizing it is really expensive. But that's like our biggest priority. Like that's where we're trying to like put our money right now is making sure that we can have everybody be a part of it. But there is like a lot of pressure with owning a swimwear line and also, you know, speaking upon body positivity and body image. And there's a lot of people that we come in contact with that want to buy our pieces that are expressing their insecurities about their body and if it would look good on them. I am one of those people who's so triggered by bikinis. I mean, just forever. Forever. I had this breakthrough a couple years ago where it was like a month and a half before I went to Maui, Hawaii. Like I get to go a lot because my parents live there for like a third of the year. And it was like, all right, a month and a half before Maui, like better start my grind. And I caught myself, stupid Cheryl, in my head. Um, and I was like, <laughs> okay, all right, let's play this game out. Let's play it out. Who am I serving? Who am I serving by having the most perfect body on this beach? I don't know, a man, a random male gaze. So, like, what? who cares? Like, I don't care. Am I serving other women by dieting to, like, be hotter than them on this beach? 
No, I'm not really serving them. I'm not going to make their lives better. I'm not going to improve their world. I'm not going to change their world. Like, we're so focused on how we look at the beach that we forget, like, why did we go to the beach in the first place? Was it really just for an Instagram photo? Or are you going to just put a bathing suit on, put a bikini on, hopefully one that Veronica made for you? <laughs> like, go to the beach and enjoy the beach. Like, enjoy the sound of the ocean. Enjoy the way the sun feels on your skin. Jump in the water. Go swimming. Laugh. Have a drink. I had this breakthrough. I'm like, I don't need to diet to go to the beach. Like, oh. nobody cares what I look like except me. And I can choose that I don't care. And then I, I went even further than that. And I was like, I think if I'll serve more people embracing my imperfections, whatever size I am right now, I think I'll serve more women who I would prefer to serve anyway than the male gaze by showing up, knowing I'm flawed, knowing I wish I could look different sometimes and being happy on the beach anyway. I'm going to just wear a bikini. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. You're going to be in a bikini. You're going to have like your coconut. <laughs> you're yeah. Gonna, like, you're going to have like a, like a flower in my hair. Yeah. And you're not going to look back on those memories and be like, oh, I wish I would have, you know, dieted or I wish I would have like worked out harder. You're going to look back on those memories and be like, that was so much fun. I wish I would have been more present. Yes, you completely are. And like, I just think some somewhere in the sauce, we all got so caught up with like the one Instagram post from our vacation that we forgot why we even went. And I just refuse to fall for it anymore. Yeah. My aunt actually, this was a few years ago, she went to Mexico with my mom and my grandfather whenever they were younger. And she had shown me this old photo of the vacation and like her like looking super glam, like on a cliff in a bikini. And she looked at me and she goes, you know what's so funny? Like she was like, I was around your age in this photo. And I remember thinking that I looked so fat. And I look back on that photo now and I think I looked absolutely fucking incredible. And I'm like, and I think that resonated with me because I think we're just so hard on ourselves and it allows us to not enjoy the moment. I love that. And like people will say it to you all the time. Like you're, you'll never look better than you do like right now. Like you'll look back at these photos and you're going to see it differently. And that's something that I've come to grips with too because like my body has changed so much. But like my big thing, and I've been working on this for a couple of years, especially like creeping more into the influencer world, is like no matter what, I am not going to look at a photo of, of myself that was just taken and say, I don't like it. I look bad. I look fat. I look this. I look that. Like I refuse. And I absolutely refuse to do that in front of my daughter. Every single time you see a photo of yourself, like, listener, my beautiful friend, you little shining queen, every single time you see a photo of yourself, if you don't like it, instead of saying, I don't like this, instead of staring for your flaws, be like, hey, that was pretty good. Let's take another. Take another. Take another. I don't care. Angles matter. Lighting matters. Whatever. Take another. But don't say it's you. One great analogy is, have you ever seen the most beautiful sunset in the world and wanted to take a photo of it? I'm sure you have. And I'm sure you looked at that photo later and you thought that photo was not as beautiful as the sunset really was. You were looking right at it. You took a shot of that sunset, but it never captured its beauty, did it? No. No. It's the same with you. It's the same with all of us. So like never look at, I hate it. I cried after I, my, my wedding photos came to me. I was the smallest I'd ever been in my entire life. And I cried because I thought my arms looked fat holding my bouquet. 
The day was not about my arms. <laughs> Nobody was concerned about your arms. It was about the love. And here I am being so focused on how I didn't look in my mind perfect, like a blah, 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 whatever the thing was, when it was really about the love. And now I look back, I'm, I've been married for four years. I look back at the photos and I see the love. Like I see the way it rained on my wedding day and it was really annoying. Wait, that's like supposed to be good luck. Yeah. I mean, come on. They say it's good luck when a bird poops on you too. <laughs> like no one's like jumping. No one's like running under a bird every day to try to get shat on. I just think that's such bull. And I get that people are trying to be nice. But like, no, it's not good luck when it rains on your expensive wedding day when you wanted it to be. Sunny. Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't very fun. But you do get good photos. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But like when I look at those photos, now I see like a husband who was so supportive and just wanted me to be happy. And I see my best friends rallying around me. Like I was the first of all my friends to get married. Like it was sort of the beginning of this new chapter. Don't you worry. This episode is not over. We have part two coming at you hot tomorrow, Friday, December 23rd at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Lily is such a well of knowledge and so inspiring, and I can't wait for you to hear more from her conversation. We also have a super special giveaway on the episode tomorrow, so make sure to stay tuned, and we will see you there. Bye. Bye.